On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are back in the saddle. Uh, we are talking about how the Patriots are going to win games this year. Everyone says they stink and they're not going to be any good. And so Spags and I kind of take a look at how are they going to win some games. Before we do that, we do have kind of a serious conversation. We haven't had uh, a show for a few weeks now, and and obviously there's, there's a bunch of reasons behind that. And so uh, we do have a little bit of a serious conversation at the beginning. Uh, so stick around for that, but also stick around for the for the Patriots conversation as well after that. So it's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Are back and uh, it's been it's been about two weeks now since uh, since we've been on the air so uh, it's been a while but but we're back yeah we are um it's uh hey we got hockey back now basketball's coming yep. back um mm-hmm. you know we kind of had an idea you know there was some rumblings the past i'd say month or you know month and a half that that would be the case but we know for right. certain now so at least there's some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of getting some live sports back on but same old, same old from us. It's just boring, you know, kind of that dry period of football right now. Yeah, sure is. Sure is. Now, in the meantime, of course, uh, it's been it's been a, a wild few weeks uh, in the country and really even in the world. Uh, and so we kind of wanted to start just by addressing it. Uh, obviously, that's kind of the elephant in the room. Uh, you know, we're two, <laughs> we're two white middle class guys from white middle class towns and white middle class families. And like, so like, you know. There's there's not much um, there's there's not much understanding that comes from us, but I think it's an important conversation to have that everyone should be talking um, about, and conversations that I've had with my kids and Spags. You and I have talked off air about it as, as well. And so, although um, although we can't necessarily exactly relate to what's going on, we have to understand what's going on and and be advocates for what's for what's happening and, and for things to change. I think you know. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's been a certainly a, an interesting and, and you know, uh, wild two weeks, I guess you could say. You know, I, I definitely have tried to stay off social media, you know, that, that one week. I just thought it was, you know, there was just a lot on there and it, it got draining at times and, and depressing almost, you know, it was just seeing the same stuff. And, you know, I feel like we're two reasonable guys. We understand kind of both sides of this and um, you know, obviously now you get the celebrities involved and they obviously use their voice and platform to do, you know, great things in the world. So yeah, it, it's just a wild two weeks. I just think it's, you know, I think it's a product of a lot of people been cooped up for a while and it's just, it's just getting crazy. Right. Yeah. I think too, like the big thing for me, and I think this is something where I think for, for some people, right. We have to admit 
our flaws and admit that we're that we have made mistakes in the past and not even necessarily mistakes in the past, but we need to admit the things that we overlooked before and kind of move on from that. And I think that we as a society need to understand that and move along with it as well. So, you know, we were talking earlier um, off the air, but you know, when the whole Kaepernick thing happened and we'll talk about him in, in a minute or two, but um, when the whole Kaepernick thing happened the first time, I was never a black lives matter guy. Now I wasn't an all lives matter guy either, but I was never a black lives matter guy simply because I was like, well, yeah, of course, like, obviously, like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like everyone's lives matter. Like, so black lives matter and everyone's lives matter. Like, of course they do. Like, what do you mean? Like, why wouldn't I think that, you know, but the problem is, is that I'm approaching it from my perspective where I was looking at saying, well, yeah, of course they do. Like I treat them, you know, I treat everyone the same. Right. So why wouldn't I, why wouldn't they, you know, but that's not what this whole movement is about, right? The idea is that, you know, you just look at the numbers, right? The idea is that behind the Black Lives Matter movement is simply that black lives in the in the eyes of many Americans don't matter as much. And I think for for someone who hasn't experienced that and hasn't experienced racism and grew up in a white suburban town and has a lot of white suburban friends, and I have you know, a few black friends as well, but I can't understand what they're going through. I don't know what they're going through when I'm with them. And so, you know, regardless of, we don't have those tough conversations because they're my friends. So we talk about sports and we talk about, you know, music and we talk about stuff like that. We're not talking about social issues because I'm usually not, we don't talk like that, you know, with friends. So it's something where I couldn't necessarily relate to it. And now as you sit down and look at it and think about it and you're like, man, like, there's a lot of things going on in this world that need to be changed, um, you know, and and it starts really with with us, with the people that, you know, white people. Are, I mean, we're the majority, and we have a lot of the power, um, and so we need to we need to do our best to try to give some of that power back, and not even give it back, just like give it to everyone, so that everyone has it, and and everyone has that same look. I mean, I've never been. I was thinking about this the other day um, with my mother-in-law, but like I got, I've gotten pulled over twice in my life uh, driving a car. That's not true. Three times I got pulled over uh, twice on the same day. Um, once for a loud muffler, once for a, a, an illegal, an illegal U-turn at a, at like a red light. It was a red light with a, with a, with a green arrow. I'm like, oh, it's a green arrow. It's gotta be a, a U-turn. And I was like, no, it wasn't. And then once for speeding in a, in a, um, in a, in a school zone because I was late for work. And so I was driving and the cop pulled me over. I was going to work. I was going to school and he was like, dude, he's like, what? you're fine. But, but one instance in particular, I got a $25 ticket for not having a seatbelt on. Now I had my seatbelt on when I got pulled over, but I got pulled over. I was pissed at myself because the, the cop was literally at the light across from me. Like what a freaking idiot that I'm right in front of a cop taking a legal U-turn. I w- just wasn't paying attention. And so I was pissed at myself. So I took my seatbelt off. I reached over. I opened up the the um, I opened up the the uh, the, the freaking yeah. Thank you. The glove box, glove compartment, and I pulled out the registration. Now, I didn't even think about that. I didn't think anything of it. Caught, came over. I'm pissed at myself. I'm obviously not pissed at him, but I must have looked agitated because I'm like I'm upset at myself for being an idiot. He walked over. Never had a problem, never mentioned anything, never was agitated, nothing. And I, I think back to that moment because I just wonder. Now, maybe nothing would have happened, but if I were 
if I were a person of color and I was pissed at myself and I reached across the glove box and I'm obviously agitated at myself, but he doesn't know that I'm agitated myself as he's approaching the car. Does he approach the car the same way? You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Obviously, there's no way to know the answer to that question, but I feel like that's a conversation my parents and I never had. We never had that conversation like, hey, put your hands, keep both hands on the steering wheel. Make sure that they can see your hands at all times. Make sure they can do, like, we never had that conversation. And that's a conversation I, that, you I know, I was like, well, and so, and right. And so that's something, you know, I'm sure people have, right. But I yeah. never had that conversation. I lived yeah. a very sheltered life, you know. And so I've talked to a lot of friends, white and, and black, that have, that have said, hey, that's just what we got to do. Yeah. But I never even considered that. You know what I mean? And that's something that I've never had to think about. And so like, it's not, yeah, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, it's not necessarily relevant, but for me it is because I look at it and just say, man, like, what if I have been a person of color? How could that have ended differently? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think one of those things too, where it's like, I don't understand, but I stand with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. Haven't walked a mile in their shoes. You don't really understand it. I think I speak, um, you know, just to kind of piggyback off you. I, you know, we, we've talked about this off air and, you know, I always give you a call here during the week and yeah. whether it's coronavirus football or, or anything, right. I mean, we talk about pretty much everything. I think we, we share similar views and agree on uh, pretty much everything that you said. Right. I mean, it's just, it, like I said, from the beginning, it's, it's one of those things I don't understand because I really don't, I, I haven't walked a mile in your shoes. I, I, you know, I've been lucky my whole life. I've never had a problem. I've always been respectful, respected by cops and, in certain situations, I mean, I haven't been had any major encounters with them, thankfully, but I mean, that's probably just a testament to my parents. Um, but I, I, I stand with you. I don't understand what it's like. I really don't. And I can't, I I probably never will, but, um, I stand with you. Right. So I think that's, that's the best way to put it. No, I agree. And, and look, I just think we need to get to a point where everyone can feel that way. Why can't we be in a situation where everyone can see a police officer and think, they're here to help me, right? When I talk to my kids and I say, if something bad goes wrong, you try to find, you know, we go out in public and I'm like, if something bad goes wrong or if you get lost, you find a police officer and they can help you. And some people don't have that relationship with the police and that's not, you know, that's not right. And listen, people talk about defund the police and all this. Other, listen, not all cops are bad. So let's not, let, let's, let's get that out in the open right now. Okay. If you're, if you're sitting there saying all cops are bad, you're wrong too, because that's wrong. I do, coming from a school teacher, I can tell you they cut things every year from schools. The police just keep adding stuff on and adding stuff on and adding stuff on. We need to take a pay freeze. Guess who takes a pay freeze? The teachers. The cops don't. The firefighters don't. Teachers do. So, you know, coming from a teacher, yeah, I don't love it. I don't like it. You know, they got their military. I mean, Jesus Christ, we call on the National Guard. You can't tell the National Guard from the cops. What the hell are we doing? You know, so that's some of the stuff where it's like, and, and one other thing too, about that, the, the chief of, I think it was Chicago, chief of Chicago police is saying like, we just can't handle everything. If a dog is loose, the cops got to go deal with it. If there's a kid with a mental illness, the cops got to go deal with it. If there's a domestic violence thing going on, the cops could, we don't have any social services set up for people. So the cops are the front line for everything, which is wrong. We need to have more social services for people. So when people say, def, you know, defund the police and everything else like that, I think that I think what they're trying to say, what it seems like what they're trying to say is let's try to, like, have some social things set up for people so that we can actually get these people help as opposed to just throwing them in jail or arresting them. 
And I think that that's, that would go a long way. Now, whether that will ever happen or not, whether people will be willing to spend that money or not, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a much deeper conversation. I don't necessarily want to get into, but, but I think Spags, what you said is perfect, right? And you said, you know, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I'm not in the same, but we stand with you, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, and that's, that's clear. We want to make that clear before we started. And, uh, you know, it's just something we hadn't talked about because we've been off air since, since this whole thing started. And it's kind of, the world is in a weird place right now, uh, especially the country. And so we want to try to get back to football. But before we did that, we kind of had to address the elephant in the room, you know? We need we need football, man. I mean, it's just like it's it's an escape. Like like I said yeah. from the beginning, there's no it's not an escape. People use different things for coping mechanisms and um, ways to kind of I don't know just escape from the world a little bit. Like we use it, I use it as sports, man. Like oh, yeah. have a bad day. I know this is kind of getting a little off topic, but like you have a bad day, you know, or a week. Like you have always have something to look forward to on Sunday, which is football, right? So right. Um, get that right. I think <laughs> you know it's it's definitely sound. It's, undermining the whole fact but like know. you know blown yeah. out of it blown out blown out of proportion a little bit let's get football back i think things will start getting a little bit better around here i agree i agree <laughs> so well listen before we get into the patriots this year i do want to talk we should talk about colin kaepernick just a little bit just for a second here there's been a bunch of articles written joe kennedy was talking about how he wants to see colin kaepernick signed by the patriots chad finn wrote an article henry oh. mckenna wrote an article and it's Look, yeah. Go, ahead, Rex. Go ahead. It's 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 not happening, and it's not happening because no one, you know, no, it's not because of what he did and what he stands for. You know, you can make that argument, I guess, maybe for the last few years, but it's a whole lot of things. He's thirty two years old, right? Um, just from a Patriots perspective, because there's people saying that that should happen. They haven't. They they have not been linked to one veteran, Andy Dalton. Um, right. You know, all these guys yeah. that are, I, I yeah. everyone, Jameis Winston even Cam Newton still, what makes you think they're going to go bring him in just for, you know, uh, you know, as much as it is, it's kind of a distraction, right? Because like we talked about before, Jared Sims, the quarterback, Jared Sims starts one and three. The talk yeah. isn't, okay, how do we get a 23 year old quarterback developed in, and, you know, um, used to this and, and can be calm under pressure and handle this? It's no, it's going to be, when is Colin Kaepernick playing? Why isn't he getting a chance? Right. So it's that side of things. Also, it's, is he good enough? He, I was never big on him as a player. I know he went on that magical run and took the Niners to the Super Bowl and, you know, played fantastic down the stretch. But his last, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but his last two years in the league were awful, right? Like awful. He's not a great player. He's 32 years old, hasn't been in the league in three and a half years. Why is he going to come in in a shortened off season right now and jump into a team and go win a starting job? Now, right. I guess the argument on the other side is, is he better than you know the 60 quarterbacks or, or so in the league ahead of him? Probably, right? I mean, Michael Lombardi talked about it on his show. It's like, he's not good enough to start. He's not good enough to play. But, you know, when you're watching Luke Falk play quarterback for, um, right. you know, the Jets or, you know, right. the undrafted kid they had play Thanksgiving for the, for the Lions, I'm blanking on his name. Is he better than those guys? Yeah, has more experience for sure. But, you know, the age and, and it's just weighing the pros and cons with him. And I think, the cons outweigh the pros in, in a lot of different ways, but mostly because of his ability. Right. I think, look, does he deserve a job in the NFL? I, I think so. Look, if I'm him, I'll just be honest with you. If I were Colin Kaepernick, I would not want to come back in the NFL. He's in a perfect situation right now. He left at this point. He left and, and he got screwed. Now, look, whether, whether it was intentional or not is up for debate. If you want to debate it, you can. It doesn't matter. 
he can sit there and say, I got screwed and, and I led a team to a championship and a few years later I was gone. Right. Those are facts. Now, whether, whether it was because he wasn't playing well enough, he got bench for Blaine Gabbard, like whatever the case may be, doesn't matter. Right. The point is, is that he was a starting level quarterback when he left. Now he might not be now he might be, but he might not be. And so if I'm Kaepernick, I'm looking at saying, I'm not coming. Why the hell would I come back? Because now if I come back and I suck, well then, it's like, well, that was a waste, right? Now all that, like, oh, I used to be a starter, and you could still say, well, I got screwed, and I was up for three years, and so on and so forth. But like, it doesn't even matter. I, I, I would just say, screw it. I'm just not. I'm, I'm done. I'm not coming back. For the Patriots' perspective, like you said, man, Stidham is the quarterback. He's the guy. Why in the world are you going to bring in someone who number one is a veteran, Pat, and number and, two? And, and- to add to this, because I know I want you to touch on it. If Cam Newton yeah. can't get a job right now, right. who is an MVP, I know it was five years ago. If he can't get a job right now, why why should and why would Colin Kaepernick get a job? Right. You know, like right. like I said, I know yeah. obviously with the things going on right now, it's it's gonna spark some debate. It might, you know, almost force teams hand a little bit to give him that chance. But still, when talking strictly football, is just his ability, right. not the outside and, and everything that comes with it. Cam Newton deserves a job before Colin Kaepernick because of his ability. Right. Right. And that's, you know, look, I agree with you on that, on that point. The other thing for me, right. Is that from a Patriots perspective, at least, right. You look at it and say, what are we doing? Like, you're going to bring in a guy who the media is going to be nuts about. The media is going to go crazy over him. And you want Stidham to be the, to be the starter. Well, now Kaepernick's coming in. And then when Stidham beats him out, everyone's going to say, well, the Patriots didn't give him a fair shot because they wanted to. No, of course they didn't because they want Stidham to be the starter. So they didn't give him a fair shot. Well, now you're, now you're getting bad press because you didn't let Colin Kaepernick. And then, like you said, now what if Stidham struggles? Well, if Stidham struggles and they have to put Hoyer in, yeah, okay, Hoyer's there for a year. And then he's a stopgap is what is what Brian Hoyer is. And he's a good player. Um, He's a good backup. He is he's a good backup, and he's a serviceable player. Fine. But he's smart, and they like him a lot, and he knows the offense very well. So, great. I think he's the most qualified and, to be honest, bias aside, the best backup in football because yeah. he spent, what, 13, 14 years in that system. I mean, valuable to a team. He's the most valuable backup because well, I mean, of his look, ability. All you need to know is, yeah, yeah. look at how much Brady, how much trust Brady put in him last year. Right, the Game when plan. He, half the game plan. Right. He's got half the game plan. I mean, come on. And not not last year, obviously, because he wasn't here last year. But but the point is, right, is that you bring in a guy who is only – I mean, every single time Sidham throws an interception, the question is going to be, why is the Kaepernick starter? Like, what are we doing that doesn't – you know, you're already – Sidham has the hardest job in the history of the NFL. He's trying to place the greatest quarterback of all time already. And now you're going to throw another thing on top? It's just – it's not worth it. You don't need that. It's too much of a headache. It doesn't make any sense. You know, and that's the reason why I think they didn't go out and dra- and and sign a veteran quarterback, and they didn't draft a quarterback because it was like, well, what are we doing? We don't need that garbage in here. We just we don't need that. And again, it's not it has nothing to do with him, the guy. Put put your feelings of him aside. Put your feelings of what he did aside. Because let me tell you something: if you didn't like him kneeling, you're not going to like what happens in the NFL this year because everyone's going to be peaceful protesting everywhere now, whether they're kneeling or not. I don't know what they're going to be doing, but. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in New England. It's going to happen everywhere else. So if you don't like it, don't watch, right? But, like, the fact is, is that take take your feelings about him aside 
from a football perspective, it doesn't make sense in the team building area. So you can talk about how the Patriots be a great fit because they're blah, blah, blah. Just stop. It doesn't, we, that's not what we're doing. It's the state of America. We started. And then we see what happens. If Sidden sucks, then you put in Hoyer, you go seven and nine or six and 10. And then you say, hey, we got to rebuild next year. What are you going to do? You know, but. Yep. And, and on to. And on to football, because Jared Sidham's yes. not going to suck, right? Um, how they're going to win games, and I, I, I'm, I probably have already tweeted this out or working on an article about it, but I think the whole notion, and then this is a hard, like I just ripped an illegal U-turn like you into football, but I got to get this <laughs> off my chest. Uh, no, I just think the notion around the team, right? It, like obviously the schedule is what it is. It's a difficulty. It's it's the most, the di- yeah. most difficult they've had since 2014, right? It's a similar yep. schedule. Um. Right. But the, the whole notion around this team is that they're going to have to be so elite. They don't have Brady. They don't have the offense. The offense is going to be worse than last year. And they lost in the, the wild card round. But in a sense, like, I think they can repeat, you know, just as much, not dominance. That's probably not the right word, but success as last year. Maybe not record wise, but they're going to be in a lot of games. A, because Bill Belichick's the head coach. And B, the Patriots are still probably the best team, you know in all three phases of the game in the league, they can beat you in so many different ways. And it varies on a week to week basis. They can beat you in the kicking game. They can beat you by controlling the ball, controlling the clock. They can beat you on defense one week. They can beat you on offense one week. They get hot. They, you know, they, they like their matchup. You know, it it just works out that way. Right. Like Kansas city, you're not going to beat them by playing offense. You're going to beat them playing defense, but a team like the jets, you're probably going to have to outscore them and beat them on offense. Right. I mean, you're going to have to score more points. They can beat you in so many different ways. I know that was a lot to handle, and I kind of fumbled my words a little bit, but no. But the notion right. around that team is that, oh, the offense is going to suck. They're going to suck. No, because they can beat you in so many different ways. They have no problem winning the game 13-10. No issue. Right, uh, and that's 100% correct. And listen, the other thing, too, Mike Reese wrote this, and Jerry Thornton piggybacked on him. The offense, what if? What if the offense is better this year? Now, not because Tom Brady's gone, because that's stupid. But what if the offense is better this year because they have a better offensive line they had last, than they had last year? They have healthy running backs. They have healthy wide receivers. They have wide receivers in the right spots. Remember, Tom Brady led the league in throwaways last year. Was that Tom Brady's fault? No, it was not. It was because receivers weren't open or he was under pressure and he was trying to get rid of the ball instead of either taking a sack or throwing an interception. And so... They couldn't move the ball effectively on offense for a multitude of different reasons. And look, is Brady part of that because he didn't have as much mobility? I mean, like, whatever. Like, you want to talk about Brady's mobility. His in-pocket mobility is fantastic. So, you know, the way he can move inside the pocket. Now, can he get outside the pocket like Stidham can do? No, but he doesn't have to do that. The, The offense wasn't built on that. But I think you could see an offense as good, if not better, than you saw last year. And again, that doesn't have to do with Jared Stidham. It has to do with the other pieces around him. A better offensive line and a better receiving core and hopefully healthy running backs. If you get that, you still have an elite defense. Look, I know a lot of pieces left, but you still have an elite defense. And they're going to win. You know the Patriots win some games on defense. And then you know the Patriots win some games on special teams. They have a great special teams. They commit they to it every three year. Three times last year, right? The Giants, they commit to the, the the Bills. Like, yep. it happens, man. Like, the, yep. they're the best special team unit in the league. Like, it's hundred percent. And 100%. you can win games. It's not sexy. Like everybody, obviously, the, the the way the game is now, it's fast. It's run and gun. It's you know shotgun right. rollout. You know, hit the long bomb. 
like the Chiefs play and you know that that's sexy and you know if they didn't win the Super Bowl last year I'd still stick to it that doesn't win Super Bowls but obviously it did yeah um you know it's not sexy and the Patriots never really you know they're not going to be a sexy football team anytime soon with with the quarterback and kind of the talent around them but that doesn't mean they can't win games 100% yeah right and that's the thing too like think about it you know yeah, they're not going to be the 12 and 4, 13 and 3, 14 and 2 juggernaut that we've seen in the past, but that doesn't mean they can't go 10 and 6. It doesn't mean they can't go 9 and 7. And 9 and 7, 10 and 6 is good enough with seven teams making the playoffs, is good enough to get in the playoffs and perhaps, perhaps win the division. Now, remember the, the stat, someone threw the stat out, which is just insane. Since the year 2000, the Patriots have not lost to the Jets and the Dolphins in the same season. That can't be right. It, maybe it was Jets the Bills. Bills. It was Jets and Bills. The Jets and the Bills. The Jets yeah. and because I was like, That's I know they've storyline. Tucker Boynton uh, pulled that up. That's it. That's it. So the Jets and the Bills in the same year. I mean, like that's just foolish, right? And so, like you know, the Dolphins can be a problem because they they suck playing in Miami, and the Bills I think can be a little bit of an issue because I don't know. I think Pat, Josh Allen can be. This is a little than. off, but the Bills. I've said it to my friends. I haven't said it openly, but I'm going to say it now. The Bills this year are going to be the 2019 Browns. So much hype around a young quarterback who, you know, I know Allen's been in the league a little longer than Baker, a year longer, right? But a quarterback that you look saw last year took that leap that you think, and you think he's going to take another step forward, but he takes one step back, and the defense isn't good. They, you know, maybe they get some injuries in camp, and they're just not, they don't live up to the hype. I mean, come on, it's Buffalo at the end of the day. It's Buffalo. Right. Right. You know, no, can it's you true. hype him up that much? Come on, man. And I'm well, not I think, being biased here. No, I think the biggest thing is that he makes he makes so many mistakes. And so that's going to be the question with Stidham is that can he avoid those mistakes? Because that's what, you know, and we've talked about this a hundred times, right? Uh, about the beginning of, you know, the beginning of the first dynasty and Brady wasn't there yet, right? Brady was a second-year quarterback who was drafted in the sixth round. It was a bum. Obviously, he turned out not to be a bum, but he came in and he... And he didn't he didn't piss the games away. He threw four picks in Miami, which lost him the game. But for the most part, he kept them in games. And he just they basically just said, just don't lose the game for us, right? And then of course, by the end of the season, he was good enough to go in and win some games, which he did. But like, you know, it's just that defense, if that defense can hold them in games, Belichick schemes the hell out of it, and they can figure things out. Now, can you do that? Can you beat the Chiefs 17-10? No, you can't. It's not going to happen. So, are they going to go into you know to Kansas City fans or no fans and beat Kansas City? Probably not. I mean, they could. It's possible, but probably not. You know, and and even if they do, are you then going to beat them in the playoffs too? Like beating Kansas City twice next year is probably not going to happen. I wouldn't bet on it, right? So, like, I'm not saying they're competing for a championship, but they could be a decent team. And if somehow Stidham surprises people, which I think he's going to. If somehow Stidham surprises people, you could see a ten and six, you know, a ten and six team out there that could win the AFC East and make a push in the playoffs. Now, again, what does that mean? Push them? I don't know, but they're in there. They're in the dance, and then we see what happens. You know, I, I just think I think that there's there's so much more for them, and to discount and to say they're going to suck just because the offense is stupid. It's just stupid. And Jamie Collins, let me tell you something about Jamie Collins. I played better than Jamie Collins. Second half nobody the, the last 10 eight games. No show. Right. Complete no show. And that's part of the reason why their defense went downhill a little bit. But I think you see Juwan Bentley step in. Uche is going to step like there's going to be some guys. And Winovich is there. And we'll see what happens with him. If Derek Rivers can get healthy, maybe he can get his life on track. Like 
They're, they have a ton of talent on that defense still, even though they lost a bunch of guys. And so I could see them making a push and again, winning some of those ugly games. And but the, they the other thing is too, with, with the offense as well, like why can't it be better than what, is it that crazy to think it could be better than it was last year? I really don't think so. Right. right? I mean, I love Tom Brady more than anybody. Right. But definitely showed some signs of aging last year. Right. I mean, definitely wasn't the Tom Brady we knew. Right. And then you factor in, a lot of young receivers because they were mm-hmm. at that weird time where we've talked about for years where they're still trying to win now and be competitive now, but they're also not trying to suck when he did leave, right? When he leaves, they're trying to build that town around him. They get rookie, like young guys in there. They didn't really have a veteran guy other than Edelman or white, right? right. So you factor right. that and he plays football on a calculus level. How is he supposed to get on the same page as Nikhil Harry who misses eight games, comes in and has to learn the most complex offense, and play with the the most uh, the best quarterback ever. The pressure that same with Jacoby Myers, like it's going to be so much simple. I think so much more simplified for Stidham yeah. and the guys around him for them to succeed. It's more. It's not like okay, what can we do to make Tom? Um, you know, this is what we've done with Tom for 19 years, but it's kind of aging, right? Pocket passers and that style of play is is they're dinosaurs, right? Now they have Stidham, who's a little bit more mobile, can extend plays with his legs. They can do a little bit more. And it, and it brings out better in, in the young guys. Right. No, I agree hundred percent. And, you know, you use the, the, uh, you know, the metaphor I used last time, which is, you know, Brady was playing an AP Cal, right. And, and Nikhil Harry comes in, he's, he's using, you know, he's in algebra one. Like, it's just not, they're just not on the same level. And of course they're not on the same level. Brady's been in the same offense for 20 years. Right. Well now Stidham and Nikhil are on the same level. Right. And he's going to have more of a, he's going to have more leeway to say, Hey, look, you know, we're, we're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes and I'm going to make mistakes. And yeah, we both got to hold each other accountable, but we're going to work through it together and we're going to figure it out. And okay, you're not going to be in the right, you're not in the right spot on this play. All right, well, I'll come back to you next play. You know what? And it's going to and, be so weird, man. But like, oh, it, it's so man. wild because like, if you told me three years ago, like Tom Brady was leaving, going to play for another team. I I mean, like I was heartbroken, but um, the, the unnecessary hype and it's my yeah. fault. You know, most of it for Stidham is ridiculous, but it's more like it's exciting and and it's honestly great. Like, it's going to be cool to see him play on Sundays and I know it'll be so different, but I am super, super excited for him and uh, just for the team in general. Like, it's just one of those years, like I talked to Brian Phillips about it. I was like, all seriousness aside, like, you know, the unnecessary hype for Stidham is necessary because of what's going on, you know, no sports and everything, but it's more like just excitement and intrigue about the new year. We haven't had a football season in, in my life that I've been watching. Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl when I was four years old, where I didn't know right. going into the year, like, oh, if we don't go 13-3 and three and go to the Super Bowl AFC Championship game, it's, a, it's an absolute waste of a year. No, right. it's like, for once, and it sounds crazy because we want to win, but like the intrigue and optimism surrounding the year is so fun, and it's such a change. That's why it's, 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 it's a blast waiting for this year. It really is. Right. I agree. I agree. And they could go six and 10 and they could go who the heck, who the heck knows, but I really don't heck, care. Man? I'm so excited right. for it. I really Let's have like fun it. and enjoy it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, all right. So that's it. Anyways, that's, that's what we got uh, for you this week. Um, next week, we'll probably get back in our position, our position. Look, I think we might, might open up a little mailbag. Uh, you know, there's been a few mailbags floating around and I think, uh, I think that might be fun. Yeah, that's a do. good idea. We, we should have done that in the past. You know? Yeah. So I think, I think we'll do that. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Phil Perry. 
Phil gave me a little shout out on his show. Appreciate that. Oh, he I did. What did he say? Oh, well, I just I gave him a Twitter. I gave him a uh, a question on Twitter, but he he shouted me out. Uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, I love our guy Pat Lane over there," which was pretty nice. So that's so good. I appreciate that. Phil. He's the best so, guy in the biz. Oh, uh, we love Reese. that guy. He's the best. So, so anyway, so that's what we got for this week. We appreciate it, and uh, and we will talk to you guys soon. We'll talk to you next week. All right, talk to you. see ya.